Hey friends, this is Amy Grigg, and I want to welcome you to This One Thing I Know. Here, you will hear stories of authentic followers of Jesus in the messy middle of their life story. He knows what we need and when we need it, and He knows how we are personally. And that might not have been how He would have worked with someone else. They will tell of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here's the thing, just like the followers of Jesus that we read about in the Bible, we often have more questions than answers. It's so true, the song that we sang on Sunday, uh, every time I wrestle with your promises, you win my heart all over again. The common theme throughout all of our stories is we may not know, but we trust. And so all of that wrestling, all those various ways, ultimately just deepens that relationship. Regardless of whether we're at the beginning, the end, or the messy middle of life, we as followers of Jesus have at least one thing He has shown us on our journey. This is a place of rest, of trust, and encouragement. As we declare, I may not know all of the answers, but this one thing I know. Thank you. Thanks for coming and telling me your story, telling us your story. And uh, we are old Facebook friends, but new to seeing each other every week at church. Yes. And I'm so happy to just get to sit with you and hear your story. I know little bits and pieces, but we get to hear it all together. and I think the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is just real talk with you because you have been through so much in your life, um, so much pain and sorrow and grief. And um, I think we have a lot in common there and you're not afraid to be real about it. So thank you for coming and just sharing your story with us. Um, sure. So I'd like to just go back to, you know, where you started as a kid and um, tell me like where you're from and, and all that. Give us your background. Sure. Well, I'm from a little town in Texas called Hooks, Texas, and it's in Northeast Texas near Texarkana. Okay. Um, grew up, it's very tiny, like there are 3,000 people in town, but we didn't really even live in town. We lived in the country, so it was oh, even wow. smaller than that. So yeah. we lived in this little community, and um, it was... I don't know. It was, it was, I never lived any place big until I moved to Fayetteville. So I oh just my. lived there um, until I went to college, and that was still like thirteen thousand. But anyway, so grew up in a small town. Yeah. Uh, grew up on the dirt road. Didn't get paved until I was thirteen. So I always say I'm a dirt road girl. <laughs> yeah. And it, we didn't have any kids or anything around growing up until like I was in second grade, I think. Okay. So it was literally um, my mom and my dad, my brother and myself, and oh, I'm wow. the I'm the oldest. And uh, so we grew up in this neighborhood that it was just mainly us and family and my grandparents, my mom's mom lived really close. My step, my mom's stepdad lived really close. They were divorced, but okay. he stayed in, in my life, in our lives. And then my, my dad's dad died when I was five, but then his mom lived about 45 minutes away and we were all together on the holidays. Wow. We, were, we were all in our home on the holidays, no travel. It was just a close family. very close family situation. Mm. And um, it was just, you know, it was a sweet place to grow up. Good. You know, it was um, lots of um, just, just normal people, yeah. like, you know, not, nothing fancy yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, my parents are both disabled. Okay. My dad has cerebral palsy. Wow. And my mom has, um, she has some seizure disorder. Okay. Um, but she also has some, um, like, 
brain damage. I don't know really how okay. to call it, but she had tick fever wow. and that caused some, some problems with, with um, her brain. And um, she also had polio as a child. Wow. So um, she deals with post polio syndrome. So she's had, they've just mm. both had a lot of, of issues their whole life. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of grew up with a caretaking mindset, I guess. Um, But grew up in church. Like they literally had me in church when I was two weeks old. And um, I mean, we're talking like old traditional Southern Baptist church did not even children's church did not even exist until I was in college. Is that right? So did not grow up in children's church. I grew up sitting in the pew next to my parents, taking my dad's pen apart and putting it back together. And he still loves to tell the story of how I lost his social security card at church. Oh, well, and taking, it's his, a safe place to taking his wallet, everything out of his wallet. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I grew up in church. Yeah. Um, so I walked the aisle when I was six. I was mm. just, you know, somebody had gotten baptized. I wanted to know what that was all about. Sure. And my dad and mom explained that that's, you know, explained the gospel and how you go to heaven. Yeah. And I didn't want to be away from my parents. So okay. I walked the aisle and got baptized outside. Okay. You know, in mm. um, again, this is old country churches. Sure. We did this um, outside and got baptized and just went on about life. You wow. know, that was kind of checked off. Mm-hmm. And so much of my early faith was that. You okay. know, I remember really like getting, we, we used to go to this training union, which was mm-hmm. like the Baptist thing on Sunday nights, like okay. the equivalent of Sunday school. And you had this little envelope and you got to like, check off that you read your Bible every day and uh, check off yeah. that you... Wow, a literal checklist. A literal checklist. <laughs> like, check off that oh, you wow. tied. Oh, and so boy. I remember, like, digging for quarters yeah, so I could put something in did. there, d- throwing open my Bible <laughs> oh, my and, you know, all wow. the things. Um, wow. And, um, but, so grew up with all of that mm-hmm. and grew up, you know, with pretty much everyone was either, was some version of Christian sure. and the ones who didn't, you know, you really wanted to pray for them and everything. Yeah. It was just very yeah. rare that that happened. And, uh, and so, you know, grew up in that kind of community, which I appreciated, but it, it was not really an opportunity for me to make my faith my own. Yeah. There was just never, it was just assumed, okay. you know, yeah, that makes and, sense. and so I never really questioned mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, being in like all these Bible studies and, you know, Sunday school classes and things like that. But I don't ever remember having like a real relationship with God outside of that. So you were having knowledge, you were getting poured into learning, Mm -hmm. but not having the ability to walk it out. Right. Okay. And then later I learned that a lot of what I had learned was wrong. Okay. Um, Not on the basics, but on other things that really matter, you know, and it was, it was a simple faith. And Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with that, Mm -hmm. but the way that God designed me, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. So um, I went through school and uh, went away to college and, um, chose a college close to home uh, so that I could easily come home. It was really, really hard on my mom for me to go away. Yeah, I wanted to be able to come home easily. And I chose the college that my dad had gone to, mm-hmm. um, which I had resisted. Mm-hmm. Um, but he finally got me to go over and look at it. Yeah. And um, I ended up loving it and went to Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia. Okay. And um, while I was there, my first semester, 
you know, I wasn't really prepared for mm-hmm. that. There was mm-hmm. no, I was very protected yeah. and I, nothing against my parents at all because sure. they were they just one, they did their job. Yeah. They absolutely did their job. Right. But I had no skills sure. to, um, to deal with the world yeah. at all. Yeah. And so, you know, when I go away to college, I'm mm. presented with all of that. Mm-hmm. Simultaneous to all of that, I w- was confronted with the reality of a family member mm. who was not what they had seemed. Okay. Um, this was the family member who was the first one in the pew at church on Sunday oh, wow. and who always pulled mm. up the Bible verses anytime there was a problem and, okay. and not, and I would definitely say beat you over the head with it for sure. sure. Because, yeah. um, this person was very legalistic, but also, you know, I didn't see that growing up, you know? And so some things happened when I first went away to college that made me realize they're not who they say they are. Mm. And if they're not who they say they are, maybe this isn't what they told me it was. Okay. So it made me really question everything. And I made a series of really bad decisions mm-hmm. um that you know were not cross-like at yeah. all and i got into a bad relationship that mm-hmm. was very unhealthy in every way yeah you know meanwhile i'm still going to baptist student union at the time mm-hmm. and i'm still going to church on the weekends my parents come over to visit i'm still checking the boxes i would still have called myself a christian sure. if you asked me right you know um but there was not there was still not that relationship. There was still not that intimacy right. with God. Right. But um, I really pretty much, as far as what I believed, mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, I just put all of that to the side. And okay. it was like, I don't know what I even believe right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But you and weren't pursuing it necessarily. Were you just living life? I, I was just living life. Yeah. And okay. I was just going through the motions yeah. uh, from time to time. Okay. Just enough to keep other people happy, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because that was what you did. Yeah, like was you what just, was expected. You just picked, again, you just picked whichever student Christian group you're going to go to. And yeah. you went to that, whatever else you did in your life. Right. You know, right. very few didn't do that. Yep. Um, and so, you know, um, I'm going through all of that. And, and through that time, you know, I was also very, very ambitious. Mm. Um, you know, I have dealt with a lot that God has set me free from, but mm-hmm. I would say... When you know all of those details, I would still say the biggest thing is that uh, from that selfish ambition. Yeah. Because, you know, I was a journalism major. Mm -hmm. I was the editor of my college paper. I was going to have a Pulitzer by the time I was 30. Okay. You know, and I was driven. Yeah. And it was... um, it was not a good thing for okay. me to be that driven and to have that mindset. Mm-hmm. So I, um, so I'm I'm going to school. I'm working toward these goals, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm doing this, and I I just am on this ladder. What I think I'm doing, and and I'm dating this person who is is not not healthy. My parents saw it. My whole family saw it, mm-hmm. and wanted me to end that relationship yeah. my freshman year. And I didn't, but I told them that I had. Mm. And so I really lived a lie for three years. 
um, which kind of makes it hard when you get engaged to be like, oh, by the way. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, yep. and so had to face that music. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really Really hard on my parents. They tried to be really supportive, um, really broke my grandfather's heart, which, you know, that broke my heart as well. But, you know, one of the best things that they ever did was just stand with me and not you not just be like you're on your own, Mm -hmm. because I think they saw what was coming and they knew that I would need them. They loved you anyway. They loved me anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so. um, So I'm. you know, get out of college, literally the very next day, get married. Wow. And one week later, moved to Fayetteville. Okay. So then I find myself living in Fayetteville yeah. with this person who literally within a month of the marriage had set down these rules of like, this is how often you can call your parents. This was before cell phones. Okay. You know, yes. Right. I'm 51 for <laughs> those who don't know me who's listening. Right. So, you know, this is how often you can call your parents and this family member you can't talk mm. to and da, 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 da. Mm. And I'm just like, what in the world? Right. You know, I'm this far away from home and I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to do. I don't mm. know how to begin to process that. Yeah. But what would the logical thing to do for somebody who grew up in church to be right? Yeah. Turn to Jesus. Sure. But I had this little lie in yeah. my head that was saying you'd be a hypocrite oh, after wow. all you've done mm. to turn to him now. Mm. So you made your bad lie in it. Wow. Which that's one of the lies that I had grown up with. Okay. That, you know, it was almost like this mindset of we're saved by grace, but after that we're on our own. Yeah. And this mindset of you, um, you know, you have to deal with the consequences, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. pick yourself up by your bootstraps and move oh, on. Man. Good luck. Yes. Have a nice life. Right. You know, and that's not the gospel not at, at all. all. Um, but I didn't realize that. Sure. And so um, I did occasionally go to church and I, I say that God just placed little like even on those Sundays, I would just go to church because my parents were in town in college. Mm-hmm. And then even the rare times I'd go to church here in Fayetteville, those three, those first three years. Yeah. There was there would never fail to be something mm-hmm. that I could hold on to, okay. something that would that would just remind me. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I still wasn't really walking. Sure. And things just proceeded to grow, get worse, mm-hmm. as they always do right. in relationships like that. They yeah. never get better. Right. Um, and, you know, so I ended up. um finding myself in this just terrible situation mm. and feeling desperate yeah. and lonely mm-hmm. and not sure where to go with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I made some really bad decisions mm-hmm. from that, yeah. from that place of loneliness and from that place of um, desperation sure. um, that led me to being like, I don't even know who I am right now. Mm. Like this is, I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. Um, but I did know ultimately this was not how I needed to live. Yeah. So I got divorced. Mm. We got divorced and, you know, there were no kids. So none okay. of that to have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but now here I am. Mm you know, what am I going to do next? Right. What's what's going to happen? Right. Um, so I find myself, you know, remarried. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob and I got married 
Um, and Bob was 19 years older than me. Oh, wow. And he had just this incredible faith, mm. was not in church at the okay. time, but had this incredible faith yeah. that just, you know, it just, he just very much from the beginning, his faith was very attractive to me of like, I don't even know how somebody has that kind of faith, wow. you know, but he just loved God, mm-hmm. believed the word, wow. didn't struggle like with, um, with questions. It yeah. was just like, God said it, that's it, you know? Yeah. And he was walking it out. And I he, mean, was he was walking it out. He did and, have an intimate relationship that mm-hmm. you didn't. And he had been in just this deep, he had had some deep things of his own that he had walked mm-hmm. through. And so to see that. Yeah. Um, so I got to this place where we were, we're married. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. But I know I don't want to go through a divorce again. Right. I know that, you know, there's something mm. that needs to change. So but I also don't know what's true. Mm. And so this is really my first what I would say, like my first wrestling. Okay. Where I really am wrestling with God mm-hmm. about what's true. So I decided that I would just pick up every like set everything aside. Yeah. And pick it up piece by piece. Okay. So everything that you had learned. Everything that I had learned. Everything you've been gonna taught. start over. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I decided the first thing I had to pick up mm-hmm. was the scripture like okay. is the scripture even true yeah because if it's not then everything else is kind of pointless right so i started researching and reading mm. and studying to see what i could find out about scripture yeah. and of course i found out just the most amazing mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. i found how many copies there are of scriptures compared to other ancient literature right. and the very minor discrepancies there and i found you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of all kinds of things that just confirm scripture, the yeah. internal evidences, right. the external evidences, things that people said. So I kind of wow. got to the place of like, okay, well, the Bible is true. Yeah. Okay, so now what? Okay. What does that mean? Right. So I decided I would start studying the Bible. So I just decided that I would start studying this um, precept, K. Arthur precept upon precept study, okay. which is a verse by verse, yeah. very in-depth, yeah. like hour of homework a day study wow. of the book of Romans. Oh, because, my. you know, you did yeah, not start light. I did not start light. <laughs> um, but it was the best thing wow. that I could have done because it really laid the foundation and it took you to so many other yeah. places in scripture that were confirming that were, what was that were confirming, said. but sure. also that showed me things I'd never mm-hmm. bothered to read for myself, okay. right? Of course. And so things that I had been told, like that anger is always a sin, yeah, you know, or mm. you know the about the we're on our own, yeah, you know. So yep. in in that study, she lays it out as like uh, Romans uh, one through four. Um, See one one through four is sinners. Um, trying to see one through three is sinners. Four okay. through um, five is saved. Mm. Uh, six through eight is sanctified. Nine through eleven is by God's sovereignty, and twelve through sixteen is for His service. Mm. So, like I, I studied and all that, but like hit Romans six through mm. eight, and I just wept through that wow. that whole section of the of the study yeah. because I was seeing for the first time that it's not up to me. Wow. That walking it out is not my yeah. my job, mm-hmm. and that grace doesn't stop at mm-hmm. salvation. Mm-hmm. And um, then we went on, and then Romans twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into that part of the study, 
which by the way, I'm doing this study on my own. Wow. I couldn't even go to the study because it was at the same time I was at work. So you were, you were incredibly hungry. I was very hungry. And what was fueling it? The change that you knew that you needed? I think because I was, I didn't want to go through divorce. I wanted to find, and I was really seeking truth and I was wrestling. Yeah. And in that wrestling, it just kept drawing me there and so i get to romans 12 you know in romans 12 1 through 2 talks about you know that um um (laughs) romans 12 1 2 3 talks about not being conformed to this this world world. but being transformed by the renewing of our mind yes um so um that we can be an acceptable Mm -hmm. you know sacrifice that's right and i was just like okay, God, I don't, I don't feel like I thought about the things I had done, the things I had made excuses for, right. um, all of those dark years. Mm-hmm. I thought about those years, and but I was like, you know what, I can. If you want that, if you want me, you can have me. Wow. You know, and I, I remember um, Bob was working from home at the time, and I had gone home for lunch, and I was sitting in the car like praying this on the way, and I just. I couldn't get out of the car for like 10 minutes. Mm. Like it was just like his spirit was just mm-hmm. so full and so on me. Oh. It was just such a powerful experience. Sure. And so, you know, I'm one of these people that I don't know, like, was that when I was saved? Right. Was that when I just really came to realize like what happened when I was a kid? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But what I do know mm-hmm. is that there was a commitment right. that, um, that happened. Yep. Bob and I got in church mm-hmm. and we started growing yes. and, and learning together. Um, but you know, life keeps going on yeah. and life keeps happening. Mm. And so, you know, through, through those years, we, um, you know, I started, really studying and and being in the word we started praying together mm-hmm. and studying together yeah. getting in a good solid church mm-hmm. where we're being taught yeah. Sunday school classes and things like that and um you know God began to open up and reveal gifts and mm. I was able to do some women's ministry and yeah. some teaching and things yeah. like that and everything was going great and um we got a call one day and Bob had um, a daughter who had lived with us when we first got married and when she was seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And then um, her mom had some issues. Mm -hmm. And so she, we had been out of contact with her for several years. Okay. And then um, he got a call one day that she had been taken into DHS custody Mm. in Alma. And so um, the way the state of Arkansas does it, um, you have to petition for custody, even if it's your own child. And so apparently this had happened several times in Texas, but we didn't know it. Texas Mm. didn't have to contact him, but Arkansas did. And so we, um, of course, immediately petitioned for custody. Mm. Took us six months, but we got custody. And um, she was going to come to live with us. So she was at this time 15, getting ready to start high school. And she had been like in nine schools in her Mm. freshman year, like very unstable situation. So I was doing a study on um, um, Abraham and um, the the patriarchs, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember praying and just asking God, like, what should I do Mm. as far as you know, ministry and things like that mm-hmm. goes. And I'd been studying about how Abraham and Lot 
um, separated. Mm -hmm. And I had always thought of it as like Lot chose his land, Abraham chose his land. Mm -hmm. But that day I realized that Lot chose his land, but God chose Abraham's land. Mm -hmm. He said, no, this is the land I have for you, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so... um, I just surrendered whatever I did in ministry wise to God. And he just showed me that I needed to lay down everything for Tiffany Mm. and to just pour into her. And so that next three and a half years was just a lot of, you know, it was 18 years of parenting rolled into three and a half. Um, But we were able to give her stability all through Mm. high school and give her a a foundation. You know, she came to know the Lord during that time. Um, but there were a lot of, of underlying issues that had to be dealt with there. So she chose to move out when, um, when she graduated, Mm. um, and almost immediately we went into caregiving for Bob's mom. She had been very, um, very ill off and on. Um, she had congestive heart failure and she decided to move to Fayetteville in 2004. So mm. Tiffany graduated in 2005. Okay. So we do caregiving with her and, yeah. uh, for the next couple of years until she passed away wow. in 2007. And um, so, you know, that was another big adjustment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for and sure. at that time, Bob went into what I thought was just like this deep depression. Yeah. Like he was just not himself. Yeah. We had just some really big challenges okay. that it was just a miracle that we even got through. Okay. You know, in our marriage, I didn't mention this at the beginning about our marriage, but it was just such a miracle of grace with mm. all that I had come out of sure. so recently and all that he had been through. And just for it to e- even work at all yeah. was just a miracle. Yeah. Um, and so whenever things would come up, you know, it it really drove me to rely on God because I there was nothing I could do for right. so much of it. Sure. You know, so much out of your control. Right. So much out of my control. And and it was also just teaching me yeah. to depend upon God mm-hmm. instead of upon a person. Mm-hmm. So he goes into this what I think is just this deep depression for a couple of years yeah. after um his mom passed away. And it was just it was just awful. I yeah. mean there's no other word for it. Um and during that time, you know, I'm really wrestling again. Mm-hmm. I'm just wrestling with God as just to like, you know, I've wrestled with him through the years with Tiffany and yep. all that and and wrestled as a caregiver with his mom. And now here I'm wrestling and it's like, is this all ever going to do? Talk to me yeah. about what that looked like when you wrestled with God mm-hmm. and, and as a, not a new, well, maybe a new believer um, or newer to a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you know it was okay mm-hmm. to take those things to him? How did he comfort you? Like walk me through what that looked like in those early years of wrestling. Sure. So um, probably the earliest wrestling after, after I started really walking with the Lord was with Tiffany. Yeah. And, um, you know, Amy, really to me, after having grown up with the cultural Christianity right. And this bad example yeah. and the inauthenticity. Yeah. I just I just wasn't gonna fake it. Okay. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't even I didn't even bother to ask if it was okay. okay. It was just like I'm just not going to I don't want this faith if this isn't okay. There you go. You know? Yeah. It was like, but I didn't know I still 
struggled with the fact that other people thought it wasn't okay. Sure. You know? So I didn't necessarily talk about my struggles as much. So it was just you and God. It was mostly just me and God. And the way, you know, it just different seasons, it looked different Mm -hmm. ways. Um, Music has always been really powerful to me. So I would just put on songs that just really spoke deeply Mm -hmm. to me. At that time with Tiffany, it was a lot of Dennis Jernigan Mm -hmm. that I would just listen to and it would just, you know, wash Mm -hmm. over me. Yeah. and um, help me just kind of reset yes. my perspective. Um, lots of tears. Yeah. Usually just being, it would be, be whenever I'd be alone yeah. and cleaning and doing something and just mm-hmm. like processing in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one of the things that it looked like a lot with Tiffany, um, and she knows this, so if she hears this, she'll just <laughs> laugh, is making brownies. So she was very... Um, she would do she would say things to hurt me yeah um and because she was very hurt yeah and god spoke to me one day that i should make brownies for her to mm. take to school mm. for her friends so wow. she would take them to school and pretend that she had made them mm-hmm. um and but god just kept telling me to do that because <laughs> and i learned through that that it's really really hard yeah. to be resentful of someone when you're doing something for mm, them. Rosa, that's beautiful. You know, wow. and so, so I it was just like God was walking you through every detail. Every detail. It's like you were learning mm-hmm. in this moment. Very in those much, moments. Very much. I mean when Preparing I started you. When I started, I mean I'm a very in my head person. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I first started my walk with God, I literally had like the fruit of the spirit on one card above the um sink and uh-huh. the deeds of the flesh on the other and okay. i would like study those wow so that i could like know <laughs> what those were you're de- you totally remind me of lee strobel in that movie yeah you're like a, you're a journalist I, I mean like you can totally that's see so you're looking for the evidence and looking mm-hmm. how it links and all that that's and so, so great. but but so when i would be making probably so many times i would start that out and i would just be beating my <laughs> anger out and by the time those brownies came out of the Aww. oven it would be like okay here girl yeah i love you here yeah. take these to school and pretend that they're yours wow you know yeah okay and um wow. you know mm. it, and so that's how that looked um okay. after bob's mom died yeah um i had started at that point learning um we were in a different church at that point so it I was beginning to feel more comfortable sharing um, the struggles. And even though I didn't go into a lot of detail, I began to let other people into that and just ask for prayer. And, um, you know, just really try to just be desperate with God. Because, I mean, it was a desperate situation to me. For sure. And it gets more desperate. So go ahead. So Bob was in the two-year funk is what you thought it was. Mm -hmm. And so then he comes out of that. And meanwhile, during this time, I'm also like doing an online master's program for um, a missions top degree. Um, And God's growing my heart for international women, mm-hmm. and and I'm just learning about all of this. So kind of comes out of that, and things are going really great mm-hmm. for like the next five six years. We kind of were were on this high. It was just okay. like a this great time of um, you know opportunities that opened up to mm-hmm. minister to international women. Yeah. Um, uh, Bob Bob was always so 
obedient mm. to God. And he would get up and he would have these prayer times. And then he would come and he would tell me and he would wake me up to tell me what God was telling him. <laughs> but he got up at like four o'clock in the oh morning. My. So I was like, God, can you not speak to the man at noon? Like, this would be really helpful. I'm trying to appreciate but, it. But <laughs> um, anyway, so one day he just wakes me up and he's like, God showed me I need to lose weight and start mm. running and mm. I'm going to raise money for St. Jude. Wow. And um, our pastor at that time, his um, niece had been a St. Jude patient, mm-hmm. and we learned a lot about St. Jude during yeah. that time. So he did. Like, wow. he wakes me up. He says, I need you to help me be on a diet. Oh, my goodness. And he lost 90 pounds. Wow. And over the next five years, he raised $20,000 for St. Jude. Wow. And Amazing. he never ran the marathon, but he ran, um, I can't remember, I think it's three marathons and seven half marathons or something. Uh, I'd have to count his medals on the wall, but he's just going at he did. it. He did That's it. Amazing. And it was totally God. Yes. I mean, his first half marathon, he finished that race singing, just give, uh, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, oh you know, goodness. like that wow. was his total dependence. Wow. And he modeled that faith For and sure. that depend- and not, I mean, not to put him on the pedestal because he no. had his sure. faults and yeah. there are things, you know, that every yeah. one of us, you know, can, can do differently if we choose. Absolutely. And all of us have regrets and he, yeah. he's not alone and he had regrets as well, but, sure. but he, he walked in that spirit and obeyed. Wow. And so a couple of years later after that, during the middle of all of that, he wakes me up again. He says, you know, God showed me it's time to buy a house. Okay. And, you know, the marathon thing, that was just him. So yeah. I was like, I could get behind that. But this one, like, this kind of involves me. And we've right. rented for almost 20 years at that oh, point. Wow. And I was like, that sounds really scary to yeah. me. You know, okay. remember, I grew up in this low-income right. Town, tiny town, tiny mm-hmm. town. My, I mean, nothing fancy. Yeah. I didn't have a financial foundation sure. at all. So, you know, it took a little bit. I mean, wrestling with God yeah. on that one just yeah. looked like begging God to show me too. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. you know, and ultimately that's where we ended up. Mm. And, and that happened a lot in mm-hmm. our marriage of mm-hmm. him knowing something first and me. Yeah, trying having, to fill it out. Trying to fill it out <laughs> with and, the, with and the Lord going. ending up there later, two weeks later, okay. you know. Yeah. Um, but so we bought a house and then really jumped. I was really able to jump into ministry to international mm. women because of the location of it wow. and just the way it was laid out. How Had neat. a ministry uh, teaching English to Iraqi women. Mm. So 2014, 2015 were just really amazing years. We got to go on this incredible vacation mm. that was like one of our dream vacations wow. that, you know, everybody has these dream vacations yes. this was one of ours you know so awesome. um and then um 2015 uh was lots of this ministry happening i was going to their homes every week they were mm. coming to my home once a month and just That's you incredible. know it was a, it was an incredible thing um and then bob started having a lot of pain and um we got him to the doctor we got a call on new on christmas eve of 2015 Mm -hmm. that he needed to have hip replacement surgery Mm. and so we saw the surgeon on new year's eve Mm. of 2015 and set the surgery up for january of 2016 and in many ways that was the beginning of of um the really hard part of the story. So in 2015, um, when he had all this pain, I kind of started really focusing on him and trying Mm -hmm. to help him Mm -hmm. and just trying to take his mind off the pain and stuff. And I didn't realize that that was really kind of going to be what my next four years look like. Okay. 
but we went through the um through the surgery he had one hip done on in january one hip done in february because Mm, you know the man never did things by halves wow and um his physical recovery was going really well but he just wasn't bouncing back yeah he he was just really tired he went from sleeping six hours a night to sleeping nine hours a night Mm -hmm. um confusion about things Mm. um and he went he went back to work he would do things like call me and give me his voicemail password because he kept forgetting it. Okay. So he would then call me and ask me what his voicemail password was. And, okay. you know, things yeah, like that that odd. he never did before. Yeah. And I thought, this is odd. Um, but the doctor said, you know, sometimes when people are over 60, it can take them a while to bounce back from surgery. And he was 66 at this mm-hmm. time. And so it's like, okay, well, they said, give it a year. So it's yeah. like, okay, we'll give wow, it a year. a year. Well, April of 2016, I'm at work and I get a call from my mom and she is just screaming. Mm. She is just frantic. Mm. And I finally pieced together that she's saying, Johnny died. That's my brother. And he had literally just died in my parents' home where he lived. He had mental illness and lived with them. And my mom was at work. My dad was at home. And he asked my brother how he felt. And he said, don't ask. And then he turned around and he was on he called mm. the called um 911 and they worked on him but he was gone within just a few <sighs> seconds so the doctor sorry. said oh my and so um you know i get this call so bob's just barely back at work from his surgery so he can't get off to go with me so i go down mm. to texas mm. and bob came down for the funeral and that was just I don't even hardly have the words yeah, for that. It yeah, was just so no hard words. to watch my parents yeah. grieve yeah. was just the worst mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also beautiful to watch how they just turned to each other mm. and turned to God and just, you know, yeah. um, managed to survive, which sure. is just the worst thing, as yeah. you know, yeah. that people can Absolutely. ever face. Absolutely. Um, no matter how old your child is. That's right. And so, you know, my focus became for the next few months really my parents and trying to figure out they're five hours away i'm trying to see them every month so Mm. we're trying to figure all of that out and um um not that i had forgotten what was going on with bob but it was just like okay i'll worry about that next year because they said give it a year right and um so I remember it was November, it was Thanksgiving of that year, 2016, that I really first began to process my own grief about my brother dying mm-hmm. because I had been so focused on my parents. Everybody else, for sure. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's that's a weird feeling to be yeah. like, okay, people are starting to get better and now I'm mm-hmm. not, yeah. you know. Um, so just struggling with that a lot, mm-hmm. you know, made that part really hard. And then in 2017, um, you know, things really began to take a turn with Bob. Yeah. Uh, in January of 2017, he literally just went to work and quit one day. And um, I was like, okay, well, we'll figure something out. Mm. He was drawing Social Security as well. So yeah. I was like, okay, we can make it. We'll yeah. figure it out. We'll get a second job, you know, yeah. a supplemental job or whatever. That same week, 
one of my dearest friends in the world, um, her husband died by suicide and oh. left her with six kids. My goodness. Rosa. And so, um, you mm. know, trying to walk with her through that yeah. right after this had happened again, yeah. not even really having time to process it, right? but knowing I need to. Yeah. Um, and then, um, a couple of months later, my parents both got the flu at the same time. Mm. So I went down to take care of them. And it was while I was down there, it was May of 2017. It was while I was down there that I could, and Bob stayed up here. um, It was that I really was like, I've absolutely got to get an appointment because it was just, he could not understand why I wasn't coming back. Okay. He didn't eat what I had left for him or anything. It was just, it was was weird. Something was wrong. And um, so I was like, I'm getting back there. We're going to go to the doctor. Sure. So I got back and I immediately got the flu the night I got back. Oh. And so we wait until I'm Goodness. done with the flu. And then we get him to the doctor. And that summer he went through all the tests. And September 1st of 2017, we mm. found out the diagnosis that he had dementia. Mm. Mm. And mm. Um, in many ways, wow. it was not surprising. Okay. Um, in many ways, it was surprising. Of course. Um, but we, because there hadn't been any like memory loss issues okay. prior to the surgery stuff. Yeah, yeah. But as I began to read the books that the doctor recommended, yeah. I'm realizing that this episode after his mom's death okay. was probably more dementia related. Okay. And other weird things that had happened that, sure. you know, things happen in your marriage and you just think that yeah. the enemy's just working in him right, right now or right. something like that, you know, <laughs> yes. but, and maybe that's what's happening, but it was probably also some okay. of these signs, Okay, but I didn't know them but at yeah, the time. How would you know? You would and, know. um, but you know, Amy, the thing that happened on that day, so that 2017 mm. was so hard mm-hmm. that I thought, I thought either something's really wrong with him yeah. or my marriage is falling apart sure. because he was so gushy. Okay. People who like, he was like embarrassingly gushy. Aww. Like people who <laughs> knew him yeah. would just tell you how gushy he was yeah. about, about me and yes. just about love. And right. he would cry at, puppy dogs and babies and (laughs) movies and he loved to watch call the midwife and every time the baby would be born he would cry and he was gushy then wow um, loved romantic comedies more than most women more than i do for sure you know and um he went from that to just hardly saying anything yeah and you know it's not what's going on you know and um you know, so, but mm. on September 1st of 2017, when we got this diagnosis, God also gave me this gigantic infusion of grace mm. to like not take any of that personally anymore. Like all of that was gone. It was like wow. I had this understanding of like, okay, he can't help what's going on. Okay. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be a dementia caregiver. I didn't know how to be married to someone with dementia. No. no. I didn't know how do you as a wife have a husband with dementia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started walking that out. Okay. And with, by that point, I have learned that 
I don't need to do this alone. Yes. And um, I'm going to do this with as much honesty and, and integrity as I can, sure. but also authenticity. So I reached out and I met with my pastor and his Good. wife Good. and, you know, just got some counsel from them on some yes. of the practical things, sure. you know, that go along with now I have to solely make all of these decisions right? because my husband is not capable of that. Yep. And um, reached out to his kids. We mm-hmm. immediately formed this like Facebook or not Facebook, but texting group Good. where we could communicate. Yeah. And we went into just research mode yeah. of trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but the stages of grief, mm-hmm. um, they don't just happen after someone dies. Sure. Oh, yeah. You can go through grief over divorces. Yeah. You can go through grief over you know, um, I think just life just change, life changes, like a major life change like can be. lots of things. And yes. you can go through grief when you have this dementia Absolutely. situation or any other diagnosis. Well, you were grieving the loss of him. I was grieving I mean, like that. You, he went to, from one person to another. And so I, um, but during that, those early months, you know, I was, I think those first couple of years when mm-hmm. I was, all this other stuff was happening, I was kind of in denial. Sure. But then I kind of got into this bargaining phase yeah. where for me, what that looked like is we're going to find the right solution. Mm-hmm. We're going to find the right diet. Mm-hmm. We're going to find this and we're going to just stretch yes. this thing out as long as we yes. can. Because, you know, people have Alzheimer's dementia for 20, 30 for years sure. sometimes, yep. you know. Yep. So I was going to, we were going to figure that out. Yeah. And his daughter, Jeannie, is just an amazing researcher. Wow. and brilliant scientific mind mm-hmm. and so she was reading these articles and we were trying these things and none of it was working yeah and we had been told you know people with this they can kind of go on they'll get mm-hmm. a level and they'll stay there for a while and maybe three or six years later they'll kind of go to the next level and then they'll mm-hmm. stay there a while that's kind of what we were expecting yeah that's not what happened yeah first it was kind of every three months or so then it kind of started like every three to six weeks mm-hmm. we were seeing changes and i mean i mean I was being hit so hard yeah. that it was just like I was being run over by a truck. Mm-hmm. And every time I would get back up, I'd be run over by a truck again, yeah. over and over and over. I could not get my feet under yes. me. Yes. Um, it was just awful. Mm. And um, and for all of us, not just me, right? Um, we all felt that. Yep. But you know, and you just you just want to be able to call and say, "Hey, this is just absolutely wonderful. This is oh, great." For sure. But, you know, so you start to learn to cherish those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things that God did that was so gracious that um, you know it kind of just really brought out Bob's faith mm-hmm. in just such a visible way. Mm. Um, he never he never stopped knowing that he loved Jesus and Jesus wow. loved him. Wow! And he never stopped being a worshiper even up to just hours before his death. <laughs> and he would That's sing, amazing. and people would, you know, people would just comment on it yeah, like yeah. people would come over and he would sing with them wow. even when he got nonverbal. Mm. um you know it was so powerful yes. and you know that's one of the most powerful things that i learned i think was just that power of just our relationship with god absolutely. and nothing else like, that's right absolutely nothing else let's cut this productivity talk that's right absolutely nothing else just our relationship with god itself can be a witness and that the soul is eternal and that the the body can mm be wasting away yeah but that soul is as alive as ever absolutely and so you know we walked through that with him Mm. and and it was a beautiful thing and god did so many things so much reconciliation 
um, with with family members that needed it, mm. and so much just beauty from ashes Absolutely. that started coming there. Mm. And you just kind of saw like when you're stripped away. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that so much that he became a different person. It was just that that outer person got totally stripped away and yeah. you just got to see that beauty within. Yeah. yeah. And it was a beautiful thing to Absolutely. watch as hard as it was. Right. But during this time, I'm still just wrestling so mm-hmm. hard with God because, you know, I'm exhausted. 2018, yeah. my mom and dad move up here. Yeah. So I've got them. Right. I'm trying to, at one point, I was working on VA paperwork for Bob, Medicaid paperwork for Bob, which mm. did not get approved, mm. Medicaid paperwork for mom and dad, and going to work. And it's too much. It's too much. It was just, I was exhausted yes. all the time. Yes. And um, so I'm, I'm just wrestling and yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why it has to be so hard. I don't right. understand why we can't have a plateau for a little while. Right. Just a breather. You know, I don't understand <laughs> yes. why it has to be this way. Yeah. And so you you're know, telling God those things. I'm telling God those things. Okay. And I just, I remember being in the shower one day and, you know, one of my favorite verses is John six sixty nine, maybe 68, but where um, uh, Jesus you know, turns to Peter mm-hmm. or turns to the disciples and say, you know, are you going to leave me too? Mm. And Peter says, where else would we go? Uh, you my. have the words of eternal life, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. And at some point during this um, process, one of my work friends said, you know, your faith must be such a comfort for you mm. right now. And I said, well, no, not really. Yeah. Like, it's really wow. not comforting right honesty. now. Yeah. But it's true. Right. Like, it doesn't it doesn't have to be comforting to be true. Wow. You know, but Man, that is like, so good. where else am I going to go? That's exactly right. You know, because by this point, yep. I've, I've decided 20 something years ago, <laughs> by this point, that yes. everything is true. Yep. So... And you've you seen know. him work in the past. And I've seen him and work. And you know that it's true. Mm-hmm. You know that he's real. Yep. And it's so, just hard. It's hard. Yes. And so I'm in the shower and I'm crying and I'm remembering this verse. And I just say, you know what, God? I can't I can't promise you that mm. I'm not going to be mad. Yep. I can't promise you that I'm going to like all of this. I can't yeah. promise you that I'm going to just have this inc- incredible testimony right. of you know, faithfulness in the middle of this. I said, but I I will work Mm. this all out with you. Mm. That's the only thing I could promise. Wow. And, you know, so for me, what that looked like um, was, you know, staying in the word, but very much different than I could not do in-depth study for, I'm just now starting to be Mm. able to do that again. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but yet staying in the word might just mean reading a Psalm. That's right. You know, Um, staying in church, even though for a while I would only, would be only able to get there for a few minutes of the service because his daughter would come on Sunday to yeah. cover, and if she got there a little later, then yeah. I would get there, and I might just be there for 30 minutes of yeah. the service. Yeah. But just somehow, there is something, Amy, that God does when we're together You're with right. other believers, You're right. You're absolutely physically right. together, that doesn't happen. And it's not magic, yeah. and it's not like, I'm not talking a legalistic No, we're sense. not talking checking the box I'm not talking all. that. I'm just talking about like, when you go, when you walk into the service, yeah. and your pastor speaks a word. Right that God has given him right. over you, yeah. there's something that happens in your spirit, I even agree. if you don't realize that the Holy Spirit is 
connecting that yes, somewhere. I agree. And so staying in church to whatever degree I could. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, staying in prayer, but yeah. prayer very much That's I'm using different. air quotes right now, like <laughs> right. nobody can see that. But right. um very oh. looked very different. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I couldn't concentrate. I was so yep. tired. Yeah. Sometimes prayer was just crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Yes. And just knowing that and i really really believe that there are times when um god takes prayers that we prayed in the past and Mm. applies them to us because he knows our heart Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. also when other people's prayers on our behalf come into play because we are not even able to so much do that that's right and you know i went through this time and this was part of my wrestling because so much of my wrestling also is my own head Mm -hmm. right so i've gone through and i've got this missions degree and i believe strongly that we are all here for a purpose and we're on mission with god yeah but guess what? You yeah. get in the middle of that crisis. I did not care what God's plan was <laughs> right. for Bob's dementia. I did right. not care. Right. I did not care what his purpose was. Yes. I did not want to be used. Yes. I just wanted. In that way. <laughs> I just no. wanted it to be over. Yeah. You know, I get and it, not girl. over like him dying. No, like over I like he, like him not having it. Right. You know. Right. Just make and, it better. And so I just had to be honest with yes. God about that. Like I, it's not. It's. I don't even. That knowing your purpose wouldn't doesn't help, wouldn't help, you know, and music became Mm -hmm. just a real catharsis for me. And it always has been very deeply meant a lot to Bob as well as to me. And I would put on I love Rich Mullins Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he has this song hard to get Mm. and, um, you know, part he's talking about, you know, asking God, do you even understand? Yeah. And, you know, are you just up there playing hard to get? Yeah. You know, Ooh, is what he says. Yes. But in, in that, he says, um, I know you feel our sorrow yeah. and I know you share a pain. And I know that this would not hurt any less, even if it could be explained. Wow. And so I would just sing right that. On. And I would be Absolutely. like that. You know, that is so true. And yes. that is where I am right now. That's I, right. I know this wouldn't hurt any less, even if it could be explained. Yes. I'm not even asking you to explain it right. because it's not going to help not gonna me. Do any good. It's not going to help me. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I uh, would just wrestle mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of just keep coming back yeah. over and over because yeah. ultimately, you know, I knew. That there was no place else to turn That's because right. I was either going to be struggling yeah. through dementia with Jesus or yeah, without Jesus. Right. And so I'm going to go with Jesus. Yeah, let's go that route. Let's go that route. <laughs> we know that's the um, best route to that's go. The, that's the best route to go. But yes. um, I, I began to um, just really focus on being in the moment and yeah. being present. Yeah. And that that really helped so much those sure. last weeks yeah. um, as his condition worsened. And, and, you know, we got January. So he got diagnosed in September 2017. By June of 2018, he needed full time care when mm-hmm. I was at work. Mm-hmm. And then June of 2019, he went on hospice. Yeah. December of 2019, he passed away. Okay. So it was very fast. Yeah. Very. That's extremely fast for dementia. Yeah. And it turned out he had a different type than we were initially okay. told. Yeah. And, and it was a rarer type. So it's just a lot yeah. of things that happen there. For sure. <clears throat> but we um, we were able to see the body of Christ in such a beautiful mm. way as our church just came together yeah. and other believers just came yeah. together, Absolutely. you know, to to 
cook or yes. to just to be physically present mm-hmm. to visit him mm-hmm. and sing with him mm-hmm. uh, to just you know there were there was some time there when the men in our church would take turns on Wednesday night wow. staying with him so that I could go to, wow. to Wednesday night church like yes. things like that that were just so beautiful yeah. and the thing is that when people and this is the thing I'm so glad I learned from when I first started wrestling yeah, right. is that when we wrestle alone we yeah. miss all of that yeah. Yeah, and so just being honest and and asking, figuring out what I needed, asking right. for it, right? Not turn. I learned never turn down a, a meal that yeah. somebody wants to bring because even <laughs> exactly. if I don't think I need it, I'm going to need it, right? You know, that's right. And then just trusting that God's going to use all of this. It was just beautiful. Yes. It was just beautiful to see Bob's response to that. Yeah. It was beautiful to see what God did within our church through yeah. that, and within in my own heart and life through Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and um. So, yeah, so um, he passed away in December, and God even was just working miracles there because mm-hmm. um, his daughter, Jeannie, normally came on Sundays, but she came on Saturday that weekend, mm-hmm. and um, she stayed the night, and David came, so they were both there together, and we knew things were, mm-hmm. we knew how things were progressing. And um, on Sunday, Jeannie really felt like she should go get her clothes together for a potential funeral so that everything wow. would be done. So she went to Target. She lost her keys. And she got back home, and the nurse had been out, and the nurse didn't think that he was in active dying, and mm-hmm. she was going to go back to Tulsa. She couldn't find her keys because they'd been lost at Target. Wow. So long story short, she ended up spending the night that night. And he passed away the next morning. Oh my! That was a really tough night yeah. for both of us, yeah. even with two of us there. It was just really hard. And um, so he passed away the next morning, mm. and it was just gut wrenching. You know, no matter how much grief you That's do, right. That's right. you still grieve when they're gone. Absolutely. You know, yeah, and it it's it, you kind of start all over again. Yeah, but it's just different. Yeah. And so started that process all over again yeah. in, in December. And but, you know, God had put on my heart like we did everything for Christmas early. Wow. We did. We decorated. Mm. We did our book that we usually read. We so get good. gifts to people, yes. like all of this stuff. Yes. So and that was the Lord just walking it, you through it, it was it was him just walking no through it, it and just, you know, just learning those things about like just being sensitive to that, yes. like crazy things like I absolutely hate Black Friday shopping. Yeah. So when I woke up on that Black Friday, like, I need to go get all my Christmas shopping done. <laughs> this you has know? to be the Lord. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. This is not for me. I'm not a shopper. Oh, wow. So, um, mm. but, you know, the thing is that he, he knows what we need and right. when we need it. Yeah. And he knows how we are personally. Yeah. And that might not have been how he would have worked with someone else. Sure. And I think that's what um, so much of just the way we do church yeah. misses yes. is it's like God did this for me. So the, right. this is therefore the way he's going to do it for everyone. Right. And that's not oh, necessarily. he's far too personal for that. So personal <laughs> and so personal. intimate. Yes. And that's the thing with that I've learned with that wrestling, mm. you know, is that he is so personal and that that's that's what we want to do absolutely and you know we take on so much that is his part Mm. and i've learned Mm. to just really boil it down Mm -hmm. and there's a couple of scriptures that i just pray regularly you know one of them is 
Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep in perfect peace mm. all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Yes. Okay, so that tells me how do I trust in him mm-hmm. by keeping my thoughts fixed on him. Right. And then um, Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I've, how much time have I spent in my life chasing hope? Right. How much time have I spent chasing joy and peace? But these scriptures together tell me that's not even my part. Like, Mm. really, my part is just to keep my eyes on him. Pursue him. Because then that's where the trust comes. That's right. And then with the trust, you know, as my eyes are on him, I'm growing in trust. Then he fills me with joy and peace. And that overflows into hope. That's right. But if I chase hope and joy and peace, I may never catch them. Absolutely. Because I'm not chasing him. Mm. You know? And that's where it all is. And that's where it all is. Absolutely. So I've learned that I need to really boil it down to be that simple of just chasing him and of keeping him. Because here's the you know, back to that Rich Mullins song, you know, at the end, um, he says, um, he's talking about God again, yeah. you know, and he says, um, it's just your ways and you are just plain hard to get. Like, we're mm-hmm. not going to understand mm-hmm. God. We won't. It's just his ways. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've learned is like, it's so true. The song that we sang on Sunday uh, every time I wrestle with your promises, you win, you win my, my heart, heart. Yes. all over again. Yes. And so, oh, that is so all true. of that wrestling, yes. you know, in all those various ways, yeah. ultimately just deepens that relationship. That's right. That's right. Because he does win your heart over again in ways that are extremely personal yes. and extremely specific to you. Absolutely. And I love, um, there's a quote by Beth Moore, and I don't have it written down, but it is that Wrestling is an intimate embrace. I mean, when you yes. think about it, you know, you're very close and intimate in yes. that embrace. And when we wrestle with God, we're at the most intimate place with him, yes. vulnerable in ourselves and working that out with him. Yeah. And that is, it's so, so good. Um, <clears throat> on your blog, I found a quote, and I don't know if it's an original Rosa, so you'll have to tell me. It says, walking with Jesus as a New Testament believer means staying in relationship with him when nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is that an original That's Rosa? An original Rosa. That's <laughs> how really my good. mind works. It's very good. And I it, it really does go to that verse that you shared about, you know, they said, where else will we go but you? Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense and we don't understand. <clears throat> and I shared that on uh, Wednesday night with our small group that, you know, I think the more I grow with him, the less I understand. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it is more of a just letting go and having faith and yeah. trusting and it's freeing. Right. I'm not trying to figure out the whole reason behind everything. I'm just going, I love that song. I'm going to have to pull that up by Rich Mullins. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing too, is that it's still okay. Like I feel, I firmly believe my faith is my faith makes sense. Yes, like, absolutely. Like the, it is the most logical thing about me, For I think. Sure. Like For it's sure. so grounded in truth yes. and in reality. Yes. But then the things we go through, right. they don't make they sense. They don't make and sense. And then when yes. I when I stay in relationship with him, it's because of the things that do. It's right. like, okay. That's and that's the it just keeps going back to yeah. like we were talking about in small group the other night. Yeah. 
the resurrection, yeah. you know, the basics of the gospel, right. you know, if I really believe those things are true, yeah. that answers a lot mm-hmm. of the other things Absolutely, because it's like, okay, well, okay. Jesus raised, you know, was died for my sins. Mm-hmm. He was raised from the dead. We've That's got right. all of this proof. Yes. So, okay, this doesn't make sense, yeah. but this is true. Yes. And so I'm going to hold on to this. Exactly. And I think that is is what I'm learning yeah. to where I'm learning to land to rest on because you to know, rest in that. when you think mm-hmm. about and you, know, you look at your life, if you would have stayed in that place of just checking the boxes and living in that place of um, uncertainty, like you didn't really know why you believed what you believed or even what you believed. Right. And then these situations would have happened. Yeah. It would be detrimental like it is for so many people. Absolutely. And they're like, well, I've tried church. I've tried it, but it wasn't until you got into the word for yourself yeah. And you allowed his Holy Spirit to awaken your spirit and have that intimate relationship that you learned how to walk with him in it. And that is um, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And you have to stay there. You have to stay there even when you don't like what you're reading. Yeah. You know, even Mm. when you're just like, ugh, like this is hard stuff. You know, you have to stay there and you have to just keep letting him teach you. That's right. And, you know, my absolute favorite um, prophet is Habakkuk mm-hmm. and um, you you touched on it with that Beth Moore quote but mm-hmm. Habakkuk means both it means to wrestle but yeah. the word also me- it means to wrestle and to embrace mm. and it's that concept yeah. of that where you both want to push something away and hold it close mm-hmm. kind of at the mm-hmm. same time yeah, you know totally. and it's like the picture of like a little child who yeah. is like fighting sleep and yeah. they they push you away mm-hmm. but then they want you to really they want hug the comfort, them and right. they want you to comfort them and i think that's what wrestling yeah. with god is absolutely. like absolutely. and here and you know it doesn't stop like i just it's just been a few weeks ago that sure. somebody at church shared a testimony of just amazing miracles that their yeah. family experienced right. through right. healing and i realized in that service mm-hmm. that i've quit believing in miracles yeah you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. so I processed that with God yeah. and I wrestled of like, what in the world? Yes. Like, you know, I don't want to not believe in miracles, but sure. I, I was like, you know, I'm the one who's going to be able to say, okay, you can say it's not supposed to be this way. Yeah. You can you can cry out to God and you can complain right. to him, but I'm not necessarily going to be the one praying for your miracle. Right. You know, right. Right. And, but I wanted to be. Yes. And um. So the first mm. thing God did was just put on my heart to write down um, unseen miracles that we experienced mm. during this whole time with Bob. Just Absolutely. things that came to the top of my head. Yeah. Things like in the whole two and a half year dementia journey mm-hmm. of the diagnosis, his kids and I were never not on the same page. We were mm. completely in miracle. unity every single time. You know, the the reconciliations that we saw, the yeah. fact that he did not, you know, he was only completely unconscious for a very few hours. Wow. He was um, awake and alert. Mm-hmm. He was able to, even though he didn't know people, know people, he yeah. was able to enjoy people yes. that came to visit. Yeah. He so was many. able to worship and be a witness. I mean, one of his caregivers was not a believer. Wow. And he came out of the room one morning and he said, I just have to compose myself. And this was like a week or two mm. before Bob died. Mm. He said, you know, you've talked about your faith and, mm. and we always had music going. And I told mm-hmm. the caregivers, keep music going. It's going right. to impact him. Yeah. And he said um, he was just he was completely bedbound by this point. 
and he said that song "Raise a Hallelujah" yeah. was came on, <laughs> and he said. And he was mostly nonverbal. And he said, you know, Bob just in there, he's trying to raise his hand saying hallelujah. And he said, I just, (laughs) it just touched me and I just had to leave and and compose myself before I go back in. He goes, I I understand what you mean. You know, and planted that seed. That that is just a a witness and a testimony right there. And so, um, so anyway, so that's the first thing God did. And then the second thing was since that time in those few weeks, we've seen, some miracles even right within the church, wow. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone that got a blood cloth that ended yeah. up like everything is okay. Yes. And there's a great, you know, better diagnosis than right. we thought that we were going to be dealing with. And right. some other people that have had some big answers to prayer. Yes, so absolutely. he knows, he That's knows right. what we need, absolutely. But, but we have to just keep taking it there. Mm, that is so good. Well, two things before we finish. Thank you so much. We, we packed a lot, <laughs> a of lot course. of life into this small amount yeah. of time. So thank you for that. But, um, I want to know what the one thing that you know is, mm-hmm. and I'd really like you to pray for those who might be wrestling, whether yeah. it's with salvation, whether it is um, with a sick loved one, being a caretaker, mm-hmm. whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Will you close this with prayer? Absolutely. But tell me, tell me your one thing that you know. Sure. My one thing is, that I know is that when we wrestle with God, He's embracing us. Mm-hmm. And that that our side of it looks like wrestling, but his side of it just looks like embracing. And he's going to hold on to us until we settle down Mm. into his arms. And he will win our hearts all over again. So don't be scared to wrestle. It's beautiful. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for this time together and for all of those who are listening, Lord. And you know, you know the situations. You know those who just got shocked today with some unwelcome news or a bad diagnosos um, you know those who are struggling God mm-hmm. you know those who desperately want a real faith but don't even know where to begin mm-hmm. so I just want to pray today for all of those who are listening who are wrestling in any way that your spirit would just um, empower them to know the truth and to know that you are a safe place to mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. Just like your word says that the eternal God is a dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms, Lord. Mm-hmm. And and if we stand, we're going to stand on the promises yes. that you give us. But if we fall, we're going to fall into your arms of grace mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. And we don't have to have it figured out. And mm-hmm. faith does not mean not questioning and not wrestling. Right. Faith means we just know the one that we're wrestling into, that we're mm-hmm. wrestling with and that we are just trusting that all of this wrestling is going to draw us closer to you in mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I just pray, even for those who maybe are angry at you right mm-hmm. now, that don't even want to talk to you, yes. that they would just tell you just that and yeah. start their wrestling there and yeah. be okay with that. Uh, because at the end of the day, God, you want our hearts mm-hmm. and you want our authentic hearts. You don't, you really just don't have any interest in us being fake. That's right. And so I just pray that we would let go of the idea that we have to be perfect to come to you, mm. that you would let, we would let go of the idea that we're hypocrites if we turn to you, mm. that we would let go of the idea that wrestling is weakness because mm. it's not, God. Um, wrestling is where we find you at your tenderness, your, your most tender. Um, 
God, help us just to remember that we're broken people. And whatever we're going through, whatever these dear people listening are going through, it's not supposed to be that way. But you bring redemption into the darkest of situations. So I just pray for you to bring that redemption and you just start with those individual hearts right now. Jesus' precious name. If you'd like to know more about the Greek family or other ministries of Vertical Community Church, visit verticalnwa.org.